hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before I begin on the stories, I just wanted to mention, if you have your own personal scary story that you would like to send me for me to possibly narrate here on the channel, you can do so by sending it to southerncannibal.com. So if you have a personal true scary story that you'd like to share, please consider sending it my way. Now that all that's out of the way, let's begin. I'm a 29-year-old woman from Cape Town, South Africa. In January 10th, 2013, I had moved from Cape Town to Pretoria because I was going to study travel and tourism management and supply chain management. Both were part-time courses and I accepted a job at a medium-sized logistics company as a buyer's assistant and specializing as a hardware and chemical buyer. I was settling in quite nicely and in March of 2013, I started dating a German MMA fighter. Let's call him Christian. We dated until August of 2013, and we broke up due to him moving back to Germany. And while he was in Germany, I had started dating someone else, and life was going good. And I was on a project at work that was going to determine if I'll be a permanent buyer's assistant. Well, on my birthday, the 12th of September of 2013. Christian had added me to a number of groups with all the girls he was talking to while he was dating me, which really, really broke me. And he told me on a video call that he was dating a new girl that had the same name as I do and how she's so much better than me, which broke me even further. But I decided that it was probably best for my mental health if I just blocked him on everything. Snapchat, WhatsApp, and Facebook. Unfortunately, he kept on creating new accounts on Snapchat and Facebook and then started changing his number in order to chat to me on WhatsApp. He would always say things like, I will always follow you. You can never escape me. You will always be my second choice and you're going to have to contact me if you want a spot in my life. And whenever I blocked him, he would just reappear into my life like an unwanted fungus and blaming me for my aunt passing away, telling me that I'm the reason for my aunt having cancer. Finally, it was pretty much radio silent until March of 2014. Well, he contacted me again, asking me to marry him, and I told him that there was no chance in hell that would happen, and if he contacts me again, he'll regret it. I know this is not that scary as other stories, but at the time, I was really scared and stressed out from studying two courses and working a full-time job, plus dealing with depression after my aunt passing away in 2013. He never gave me time to heal from my aunt's death, and he was really breaking me down emotionally. I haven't heard from him in a very long time, so hopefully it stays that way. This happened in 1991, I believe. I was living in Jacksonville, North Carolina with my husband and my two-year-old little boy. My husband was temporarily stationed at Camp Lejeune. Anyway, it was my son's birthday, and we were celebrating it the next day with a couple of other little boys around his age, as well as their military parents in our apartment complex, who he had become friends with. It was after dark when I decided to pick up a few things at Party City or whatever party store it was back then. 
It was actually getting near closing time, and it was really slow in there. There appeared to only be one person working in the entire place, and it was a cute little blonde girl at the register. Now, the registers were in front of the store, which was an entire wall of windows. Being dark outside and lit up inside, it was like a fishbowl. I purchased my supplies and I walked out into the parking lot with the girl locking the door behind me and then walking back to her register to close up. The shopping center the store was located in was all closed and dark and there were exactly three cars in the parking lot. The girl working in the store, mine, and wouldn't you know, the proverbial white van with two very creepy looking guys sitting in it, staring in the window at this girl. Her car was actually parked near the front of the store next door. Mine, of course, was parked farther out in the front of the store, where I had to actually walk past the van just to get to it. There were a few parking spots away to the left of mine, so I wasn't walking directly next to them, thankfully. This was before cell phones, and there was literally nothing or anyone around. Just me in a dark parking lot with these creepy guys. They had saw me coming, but they were way more fixated on this girl closing up. However, they were still not above giving me a scare by acting like they were going to come get me. I kept a close eye on them as I walked, and as I neared them, one of them put one foot out of the van on the ground smirking at me, and the other opened his door. At this point, I was pretty much at my car and unlocked it as fast as I could. My keys ready in my hand, I then jumped in and locked my door. I then just sat and watched them watch the girl. I had no time to go for help, but I couldn't leave her. The guys couldn't care less that I was watching them, and they continued to remain fixated on her, as we all watched her turning off the lights and walking outside and locking the door. The real crazy part about all of this is that she never even once looked out into the parking lot and was clearly oblivious to the three people watching her every move. She stepped out into the parking lot, and the creeps in the van closed their doors and began to move slowly toward her. I jumped into action, and I drove between them and her, literally driving next to her as she walked. Had I been in the passenger seat, I could have leaned out and touched her. Bizarrely, she never even once looked over at me and just kept walking. I did not have electric windows, and I couldn't reach over and unroll it to talk to her. I watched the guys in my rearview mirror get really angry and frustrated because I was blocking them from her. She unlocked her car and got in, still never once looking at either my car or the van, seeming absolutely oblivious to the danger she was in and all of the drama unfolding. She turned on her car and started driving through the parking lot and out on the street. I kept an eye on the van as I followed her for as far as I thought I should, watching the van finally give up and go an entirely different direction. I continued to follow just to make sure, and when I finally felt very confident that she was safe that night, I went on home. Now, I would really love to say that I called the police the next day, or that I called the store and told them what happened. But being so long ago, even after racking my brain trying to remember, I just don't remember doing it. All I can say is knowing myself and how I am, 
despite not being able to recall it. I am quite sure that I would have done that, knowing they would just be waiting for her another night. Before getting into the details, I'd like to share some background information. This all happened in 2017, and I was 14 years old at the time. I had a friend that lived just down the street from me, and we were inseparable since the day we met. For the sake of the story, I'll call him Mason. Me and Mason had sleepovers as often as possible at both of our houses. We would go to the average teenage stuff, like play Call of Duty, watch movies, and walk around the neighborhood. This particular sleepover was different though, because we both had received ghillie suits for our birthdays. If you don't know what a ghillie suit is, picture what you see snipers wearing in movies. It's pretty much a bush that you can wear. In hindsight, I can only really imagine what we looked like walking around our neighborhood with that. Well, we wanted to try our new equipment, which is what we saw it as, by ding-dong ditching and hiding as close as possible to the house. Now, for clarification, my neighborhood was still in development. This means then, while there was a lot of houses, there was also some plots of land that remained as woods. This is an important fact later in the story. So, the house we decided on ding-dong ditching was our neighborhood's infamous hermit house. I'm pretty sure every neighborhood has one of these homes. You know, an unkempt hoarder house where the owner is constantly doing something sketchy or mischievous. I'm pretty sure I've seen this guy attempting to break into my mom's car before, but that's another story. In order for you to properly understand the events of the story, you need to know the layout around this guy's home. On both sides of his house lay two empty plots of land. Wall behind his house through a small wall of trees was I-95. If you keep going left from this guy's backyard, there's a small passageway that me and Mason made that leads all the way to my backyard. So in essence, it's a small trail behind multiple backyard fences but it's still behind the thick wall of woods separating the trail from the highway. So me and Mason decided then I would ring the doorbell and I would run to the right woods while he was positioned on the left side watching. As soon as I walked up to the door, before I could even ring the doorbell, the door swung open and I saw two men making their way towards me very quickly. This triggers me to sprint and then one of them begins chasing me. I guess they were watching us, because when I looked back to see how close the man was, I then saw the other man running towards where Mason was positioned. At first, I wasn't really nervous, because I just knew I was faster, but that changed when I saw the man was chasing Mason ahead of me. Mason unintentionally led the man into the trail from the left side of the property. This trapped me between the two men in a narrow trail. Thinking quickly. I jumped the fence into the two men's backyard. This may sound stupid, but it's probably why I escaped uninjured. I did this because I knew after I had gotten over the fence, I would be able to make my way to the front gate. And after getting through that, it was pretty much smooth sailing home. But as soon as I was over the fence, the scent of death hit my lungs. After plugging my nose and gagging, I then looked up to see at least eight dead and rotting chickens 
I also saw a dead dog. It was so decayed that I couldn't even tell the breed. I also saw a bunch of other dead animal carcasses all around the yard, but I didn't stick around to see what they were. But good lord did this put the fear of God in me. I ran faster than I ever had before, and I entered my home before the guy could even get to his front yard. When I finally got home, I had told Mason about what I saw, and we considered calling the police, but we decided against it because we thought we would get in trouble too for trespassing and for the trail we made. To this day, I really don't know how that unforgettable sin of death stayed trapped in the backyard and didn't flood into the trail. I also don't know why these creepy-ass people had so many dead animals in their backyard. Maybe it's best that I don't know. We moved out of that home a few months later, and since that incident, nothing else has happened. Mason still lives on that street, and on the rare occasion we hang out, we can't help but wonder what those guys were doing with those animals. It still really creeps me out to this day. It was a beautiful day on July 7th, 2016, and it was my youngest son's first birthday. So my sister, her son, and my three boys and I go to our local park. We live in a small town, so watching your children extremely closely is not completely necessary. When we arrived at the park, I noticed a red Ford Explorer. It didn't mean much because on the other side, there's also a golf course but it did stand out. My sister and I moved closer to the Red Ford Explorer because our children were over there playing on some of the toys. All of a sudden, I hear my oldest son then speak up. Yeah, I'd love to see your puppy. I turned ever so slightly so that I can look at him without being very conspicuous, and I had noticed the Red Ford Explorer had its door open just a crack, and my heart sank because there was no license plate. My oldest son then goes on to say, let me tell my mom so she can see the puppy too. Mind you, I was only about five feet away from him when he then walked over to ask me if I wanted to see the puppy too. Right at that moment, the red Ford Explorer's door slams shut and races out of the parking lot before I could even get up. I called this situation into the cops, but nothing ever came of it. All I know is I'm very thankful my son wanted me to see the puppy as well. When I was 19 years old, I'm a woman by the way, I was at my friend's birthday party drinking and having fun with my college roommate and her boyfriend. Her boyfriend was my ride home and they wanted to leave a lot earlier than I did. My roommate was going to sleep at his house so they had dropped me off in my dorm. I was really upset for other reasons and was pretty drunk already, so I decided to go to a bar and use my fake ID. Bad idea going alone, I already know that. I had Ubered to the bar at about 1am. I got there and I'm sitting and talking with the bartender having a good time when I was then approached by a 22 to 23 year old dude. He was pretty cool, and we struck up a conversation because I wanted him to buy me a drink. He ended up introducing me to another guy they had met the day before. 
I started talking to that guy and he seemed pretty chill. He mentioned that it was his birthday and that he was going to be turning 34 years old. I was kind of weirded out because he was very obviously at a college bar that really only college students went to. Throughout the night, I ended up drinking a little too much and I wanted to go home. It wasn't too late and it ended up being around 2 a.m. I had kind of blacked out for a little and sobered up when I was getting into the 34-year-old's car. I was really confused as to what was happening, but he said he was taking me home and I was still a little out of it, so I was just like, okay, and I typed my dorm address into the phone so he knew where to go. As he started driving, I told him to take a left at the next light, and he just kept saying, are you sure? And he took a right instead. This is when I started to sober up a lot. I realized he was going in the complete opposite direction of where my dorm was. I started getting super scared. I didn't want him to know I was scared, so I was kind of just laughing with him for a little. I told him to make a U-turn, and he didn't even say anything, and just kept going straight. I knew that I had to think on my feet and try and get myself out of this situation. When I was thinking that, I started taking pictures and videos of him, pretending like I was joking with him, so that I could have evidence of what he looked like and what was happening. As I was doing that, I saw him turning into an apartment complex. I got super scared and I asked him if the complex had a community bathroom that I could use, so that I could escape and call an Uber to take me home. He said that they did and that he could show me to it. I got out of the car and I was so fucking terrified at this point that I was shaking. He was holding onto my shoulder and leading me to it. I saw him go into an apartment and then get his keys to open a door. He lied, and there was no bathroom. I knew that if I walked into that apartment, I would never be seen again. I had to do something. I didn't even give myself a second to process what was happening, and I just sprinted in whatever direction I could. I didn't look back to see if he was following me, because I knew if I saw him chasing after me, I would have slowed down. I ran him to a security guard, and I broke down, asking if he could help me. But he basically just told me to fuck off, and I told him to go fuck himself, then ran away. I ran to a 7-Eleven asking for help, and the guy didn't want to. So again, I ended up running away. At this point, I knew that I couldn't call for an Uber anymore, because my phone was on 1%. I tried finding my way back home, but I had no idea where I was. After about 30 minutes into walking, I saw a house with their lights on. I told myself that if they didn't answer the door, that I was going to just walk until someone helped me. I knocked on their door and I had heard a dog bark, so I was hoping if they were sleeping that it'd wake them up. That's exactly what happened. It was a couple and they were super nice. They charged my phone, called me a cab, and they even offered to pay for it which I declined because they were the only ones who could actually help me. Around 3.30 a.m., the cab picked me up and finally took me safely to my dorm. I know this story might not be super scary, but it really was in the moment. I also know that it was really stupid to get into a stranger's car, 
but to be fair, I didn't even comprehend what was happening until it was way too late. I already beat myself up over it so much, so I don't need random strangers telling me I'm stupid too. Also, this isn't that relevant, and it's kind of a little rant, but I had texted my roommate about it at 5am. She responded at 7am, and she didn't even come back until 5pm the next day. She then asked me if she could write about it, pretending that it happened to her instead for a fucking English project. So yeah, maybe I should also get better friends too. But anyways, I really learned a lot of lessons that night, and I now go to therapy for it, and I'm still really trying to get over it. Please everyone, as cliche as it sounds, be safe out there. You never know who's lurking around the corner, ready to prey on you.